Welcome to the Data Able Podcast, where Dave Mathias and Matt Jesser dive into data. Each week, they cover the culture, knowledge, and practices that successful organizations, leaders, and individuals use to get value out of data. So Matt, today we're going to talk about this question, when is it okay to ignore the data? Is it possible? Should we ignore the data? <laughs> well, I think there's always uh, going to be times where it makes sense to ignore the data, to question the data, uh, to to <clears throat> make it a part of what you're trying to understand. Um, but data is one piece of a larger puzzle, right? Data is not the end goal. It's not the holy grail. Um, what you're really trying to do is uh, is answer a question. And there is certainly something to be said for human intuition uh, along with data. Yeah, certainly the, the intuition is uh, something. And, and, and honestly, the human intuition can become data, right? The wisdom of crowds where you might uh, get the input of, for example, the sales team and, and that. And, and you know, I, I think it's one of those things we forget that, you know, that intuition, how to translate it into data. So, I mean, when you have a couple sources of data, I mean, it, it, how do you choose between those two two sources of data. I mean, you know, and, and people say, I yeah, know this data is better than that data. So you have to ignore one or maybe you have to factor in both. What are your thoughts on that? What's what's your process of going about that? We'll just take the average of the two and call it a day, right, Dave? Oh, I figured as much, you know, divide by two <laughs> times it by three. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> obviously not the right answer, right? Um, you know, I, I think it's it's really using that human intuition that we, that we just talked about. It's understanding why the data was captured, how the data was captured, uh, the biases inherent in that data. So let's take some customer survey data, for instance. When uh, was the survey sent out to people? How uh, was it determined who was going to take part in that study? Is there any bias in that? Is it only happy customers? It was only sad customers that are that you're sending this to. Um, how did you source the email addresses or or um, however you you got those people to fill out that survey. So thinking through what potential biases could uh, naturally be presented in that data is a really good first step in uh, deciding whether the data is going to be good for your particular purposes. So you're telling me there's not an easy button. Unfortunately not. And that's I think that's actually a good thing because that means that us as analysts are going to continue to have jobs uh, once the robots take over all the basic analytics functions. Watch out for those robots. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, for for those that are listening and trying to figure out what's sort of the framework to go through things, I mean, I think what you're saying is, is okay, you got to just really, you know, ask questions and unpeel uh, your understanding of the data, and then you go from there to determine, you know, how much faith you put in it, one piece of data versus another, um, or if you put no faith in in that. And then, of course, at the same time, you just like we do that with humans, right? Where, you know, certain people we may value their opinion more highly than others. Let's just say, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the context of the data and making sure that you understand. Uh, the underlying factors that are going on in your business is also a key uh, example. So here's uh, here's an example of uh, an area where it would make sense to ignore the data or to heavily caveat your data. Let's take a new uh, a new 
retail store that just opened. Uh, a typical metric in retail uh, or really any supply chain is going to be uh, year over year sales. Well, if this store is only open uh, for six months, you don't have an, uh, a last year comparable to compare your this year against. So when you go and do your analysis and say, wow, we had an infinite return uh, or an infinite increase in our sales this year because there was no last year comparable, well, that doesn't really fly, right? It's not really useful data uh, or a useful data point or a useful calculation. Um, in a case like that, I wouldn't necessarily say you ignore the data, but you certainly heavily caveat whatever that standard metric might be because the metric is skewed in some way. Yeah. And so when that skewing happens, then you're looking for other data sources to sort of fill in the gaps. So in this case, you may look at other comparables in that region, in that uh, retail industry and, uh, you know, try to understand uh, and, and sort of build that out. You know, earlier this year, there was a, uh, a conference here in town that Mini Analytics put on. It was around sports analytics. And in that uh, conference, uh, one of the speakers was talking about uh, new stadiums and uh, attendance and, and season tickets and that. And the trail off is so huge. So this is a prime example of unless you understood that about the data, that that is typical with, you know, new stadium, you know, how filled you're going to expect it the first year, the second year, the third year. Um, and then where that, you know, you're, you're trying to have that uh, degradation, you know, go as slow as possible, but you know that it's going to happen. Uh, but unless you had that context and, and understand that, then, you know, it, you, you would be trusting the wrong thing with the data. Yeah, it's an interesting point around forecasting, Dave, is, you know, forecasting is is notoriously uh, difficult, but really important, right? Uh, it's taking the data that previously exist, uh, existed and extrapolating into the future what something might, like what might happen based on the previous trend. Um, but I think what, what you're describing here is a scenario where a basic forecast might not actually tell the real story because a forecast is dumb. It doesn't have all of the uh, the nuanced components uh, baked into it, right? Yeah, that's certainly the case. And so, you know, for people that are getting their hands around data, is there any good rules that you could sort of put forth that, you know, from a process or sort of a top three list that they should be looking out for uh, when assessing whether that they should have faith in that data or not? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go back to your business leaders. So your business leaders understand their business really well. And so sometimes us as analysts, we go find a new data set and we say, oh, this is an amazing new data set. We're going to use this to tell all of these new and important stories and give all these uh, insights that have never been seen before. But if the business leader isn't bought into that data set, feel comfortable with that data set, it might be the right data, um, but the business leader isn't is going to reject it, especially if it tells uh, a, a negative story, um, and are going to be skeptical of that data set regardless, because it's something new. It's not something that they're familiar with, um, and they they don't inherently trust it until they're given a reason to trust it, and so. What I would say is step number one is make sure that any data set that you're bringing forward, one, represents the thing that you actually want uh, it to represent, 
that you're looking for potential biases in how that data is collected and that you're getting buy-in from your leaders that uh, that they believe or trust or certify this data set. And so when you go and bring that the insights to them, that they don't immediately reject it. I think that's uh, an essential point that you just made. And I was uh, talking with an organization earlier this year that someone, a business leader in that environment, uh, actually was of the opinion that he wished that all the data, that that history would just start over, that they would just get rid of all the old data because he just couldn't trust it and set things right and and have it going right forward because the way the data was being uh, handled and and brought together in the past was just a mess. And so now he just has little faith in that data. And then any analysis that's done on that, you know, he just didn't have faith as and his role as a business leader. So I think that is key thing, like you just said, is you need to get the leaders bought in and you need to, you know, make sure that they come along for the ride. And if there has been problems with data uh, in the past, that there's clearer understanding of why this is no longer the case, no longer an issue, what has been done and why they should have trust in that data. Yeah. You know, you're really striking a chord with me. Um, I actually just recently experienced something very similar to the story that you just told at a company that I'm working with. Um, they had been collecting some sales data from uh, from their invoice system for a couple of years. And as the team dug into that data, they actually realized that uh, there was a subset of sales data that was missing uh, and had been missing for, for years. So this is kind of a, a data quality problem, right? It wasn't being captured and brought through correctly to the, the database. Well, they went and fixed the problem, but the moment that they fixed that problem and started bringing that additional 5% uh, of the data through, it started telling a different story, right? There was a new baseline to work off of, and there was no way. So, you know, we certainly tried, but there was no way to go back and get history uh, for the new set of data. So you basically at one point in time in, you know, some point in August, uh, you now had an apples versus oranges comparison until you, you trend back over that, um, that point in time where you can start comparing apples to apples again. And so it becomes very hard. It's hard to tell stories uh, in an environment like that. It's, it's hard to get people to trust that data. And it's really hard as an analyst to understand how to interpret that data when you're looking at uh, sales numbers that could potentially be five to 6% higher than normal. So uh, we can't say we just ignore the data, but at the same time, we're saying that there's good ways to better investigate and ask questions of the data to determine what is useful, what is not, and what you can trust is what I am hearing from both of us uh, and what, uh, you know, how to get others to trust that data too. The Data Able Podcast is produced by Dave Mathias and Matt Jesser and made possible by Beyond the Data. At Beyond the Data, We are on a mission to help high-performing individuals successfully become champions for a more data-driven approach in their organizations. We believe that data science is only part of the equation. Getting value out of data requires building a culture that starts with you, is supported by executives, and trickles down to every facet of your organization. 
You can learn more about Beyond the Data and our approach at gobeyondthedata.com. Thank you.